0: You hit a hostile takeover, you grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right?
1: Hans. Bobby. I'm Will Pelagic. I must have missed 60 minutes. What are you saying?
2: Ah! Hello and welcome in on a Festivus edition of the Wes and Walker Show with no Wes or Walker, But you do have Willie P, and you do have Fitty, and we're running it back like it's summer 2022. Hope you're enjoying yourself on this 23rd day of December 2022. Plenty to get to today. Of course, we'll Panther up and talk about the Panthers and the Lions. Get you ready for that game this weekend. We've got Hornets as well tonight taking on the Lakers, as we talked about with Jeff earlier. We'll talk to Major League Baseball free agency because we don't do that nearly enough on this radio station. We'll talk with Chris Rose. I'm going to ask him if Dansby Dansby Swanson going to the Cubs is a death knell for the Braves, whether or not they're going to try to make a big, bad acquisition, or if they're going to trust the youth crew with Vaughn Grissom. And uh, he was talking about how uh, there are some out there, not him, but there are some out there who think the Mets have ruined the off season and ruined baseball because uh, they are no fans of fun. And they just want to spend all the money that's out there and, uh, and get all the players. Uh, We'll ask him about that. Uh, He of course is from the Chris Rose rotation baseball today with John boy media, Bobby Belair, who was, uh, A number one inside the draft room for Charlotte FC. Uh, he was the man who uh, was kind of instrumental in making sure that they were up to number one, and they got themselves Hamidi Jop of Clemson and Patrick Agmion uh, Agiumong rather from uh, from Rhode Island in the first twelve picks of the Charlotte FC MLS Super Draft. We'll talk with him at 120 about that and the rest of the Charlotte FC off season. But major football day today: Panthers and the Lions. Hello, Fitty. How are
0: you? happy christmas eve eve willie p it's festivus i've been looking forward to this show for a while and my guys wesson walker getting some much well-deserved vacation time but it's been a while since i've had you all to myself that's weird and i have that's that's very weird the next three hours are just going to be my physical playground because it's going to be a lot of bleep talk but a lot of fun I'm excited to see you back here. You're all decked out in your Missouri gear mm-hmm. today. Big win last night for your boys on the hardwood. Very big, huge. Um, hopefully, well, I guess because I'm an ACC, or I'm not pulling for them to beat Wake Forest tonight. But oh, is that is that a fact? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna play. You're gonna fly the flag today. Is I, what you're gonna do? I do it during bowl season when it's ACC versus SEC opponents. Uh huh. Um, and, and so how, no, I, how noble of you. Uh, so you know, but you know. I I love the way that you're decked out. We're going to have some fun talking Panthers. Excited to hear from Chris Rose. I
2: I, I always feel that Duke, North Carolina is the best basketball rivalry. I'm not going to try to besmirch that, but I wish every fan base had the game that – mizzou has with illinois where you have a neutral site and it's half and half and it's something like that i i wish every fan base could have something like that
0: i mean we technically have it when we go to nc state it's basically <laughs> another home game for carolina and, in and basketball non, i met in the non-conference <laughs> with a neutral site you jerk yeah no it it, it is one of the the better ones because you said the way that they they, they lay the cord out I it's the split it down the middle yeah it's the basketball version of the rose bowl where it's 50 50 on both sides and Um, When Missouri's good in basketball, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. They've got a fun environment. Illinois is a weird team this year. I think this might be a team that Brad Underwood might just come unhinged with. Because they've had some great moments. Then they had what happened to him last night. But... uh, Anyway, I'm just glad that you're here. We're going to have some fun today.
2: We will, and it'll be a lot of Panthers-Lions today. And we did you know, we did mix in some other things like the MLB and the Charlotte FC stuff, and, and we'll do a little Hornets, and we'll also do a campus corner where we'll talk about the bowl weekend and uh, also talk about the uh, the big news out of North Carolina, which is Tony Grimes transferring to Texas A&M, and a lot to get to involving that. But uh, today is mostly a Panther day, and that's how we will get off the bus today.
1: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn.
2: Of course it starts with the panthers and the lions who clash on saturday at one o'clock at bank america stadium uh i said this yesterday when i was filling in for for rickard it did seem like a lot of the sheen kind of came off this game after what happened with the steelers last week a lot of the buzz around people is is kind of gone from that it also is going to be bitter cold uh i know that mac and bone talked about the whole is willie going to go to the game as a fan look I am willing to pay my own way in. So I'm not going to do the Mac thing where I'm looking for charity and getting people you know, to do that. Uh, I might... There are a couple of singles in the lower bowl that I might just go ahead and pull the trigger on because... I want to do that. But the problem is, I, I never like taking that risk because of who's around me. And, and if it's anything like last week, I, I hope to God it's not a lot of Detroit Lions fans. And and they're not as as mouthy and belligerent as some of the Steeler fans. And I say that with love, by yinzers, or fake yinzers, or faux yinzers, or however you want to put it. But I, I'm not good around a lot of rival fan bases like that like that's not a good scene for yours truly because i i would be even though i'm going to be sober because i'm going to be on both pre and post that that's not a good that's not a good environment for me i i get very triggered easily when i'm in fan environments like that josh Marlowe.
0: yeah and, and i think the thing about it is i've thought about this game all week long um I, has it lost its luster after losing to pittsburgh absolutely I also am of the opinion this 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 game, I don't think, you know, helps or hurts Steve Wilkes in any way. I think if Carolina wins, it doesn't help him to get the full-time job. I think if they lose, it doesn't hurt him in terms of getting the full-time job. I think the last two games in the division are really going to determine that. But I'm a red zone guy. So when I'm here at the station on Sundays, I've got the Panthers up, but I, I, I watch the red zone. Detroit's a really good football team. Mm-hmm. They have become, and I told this to Colin Hoggard when I came in this morning, they are what Matt Rule told us the Panthers were going to be. Sure. that they, when, it, when it all came together, they were going to be a good football team. That's what they are now. This is a team that couldn't stop anybody. Uh, the first half of the year, their last five games, holding the opponents to 20 points per game. For the last five, they've given up 95 rushing yards or less. And that offense... We got into a massive show argument yesterday about Jared Goff and who he is as a quarterback. That's one. This may be the best offense Carolina has seen all season long. It's going to be a fun playoff-like atmosphere tomorrow at the Bank.
2: And one of the things that's weird is that if you look at some of the metrics, Detroit sits 26th in the league in rush defense. But a lot of that was because of what happened in the early portion of the season. They had three consecutive games, 181, 191, 139 against the Eagles, Washington, and the Vikings. And then the rest of the way, other than a couple of blips against the Giants and the other return engagement against the Vikings, they have held teams in check, just 95 yards rushing against the Bears and Justin Fields, 82 against the Dolphins uh, earlier this season as well. And in the last three football games that they've played – they lead the entire National Football League in least runs allowed on average, least rushing yards allowed on average, at 55.7 yards per clip. So if the Panthers can't run the football, it's going to be tough sledding for them. And the biggest question that I have is the same question I had going into last week. Is there a way for the Panthers to win if they can't run the football? Uh, no, bro. I thought Sam—thank you. I thought Sammy looked all right in spurts last week, but he never got enough time. The one thing that gives me a little bit more of a a pause when answering that question though and and a little bit more optimism is that I look at this defensive line, it's built a lot like the Panthers defensive line is it's more finesse, it's not as much beef, it's more of the you know the speed and the quickness, and I think that matches up with where our offensive line is
0: yeah and i I think you're gonna see. The same type of Panther team you saw when Steve Wilkes kind of first got the – when he first took over where they just came out and they were just a physical juggernaut because they got beat up front last week. And mm-hmm. they can look at this Detroit defensive line and Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a really good player in this league. He hasn't had the type of rookie year I think we thought he was going to have, but he's going to become a really good defensive lineman, really good pass rusher. But I think Carolina is going to be even more committed to bounce back last week. Bradley Bozeman, who's been a really good player, was god-awful last week for Carolina. Mm. I think he's going to bounce back. Icky has kind of hit that rookie wall the last few games. I think he's going to bounce back. Getting getting spin-moved by Alex Highsmith and
2: then getting bull-rushed by Micah Fitzpatrick is not going to be good for business.
0: It, it's not, but in the long run, that's only going to help him because we knew these were these growing pains were going to happen. So I do think you're going to see a Panther team that is recommitted to being able to run the football. Ben McAdoo said earlier this week he's got to do a better job at scheming up the run game. I think last week they thought they were just going to line up and run at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wasn't going to let that happen. Detroit's going to make it hard, but I do think Carolina, you'll see a heavier dose of Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard in this game, I think
2: plenty to get to on this game day uh, eve if you will and this Christmas eve eve we'll get into that coming up here as well I also wonder how much the weather is going to factor in uh, we do hear that it's going to be kind of swirling when it comes to the wind around 10 miles an hour that's not a lot but uh, it was a little windy out there today I felt it on the road I'm sure a lot of you did uh, with this arctic blast that we've been getting here with a bomb cyclone all these different weather terms that we're hearing uh, just, just batting down the hatches folks We'll talk. MLB free agency with Chris Rose in just a moment in about uh, 11 minutes time. Who do you feel like is the winner of this offseason? I think you have to feel like the Mets are part of that. But I think there are other teams, too, that you can look at and say they significantly improved themselves.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, when I I look at the Mets, this was the the response post Jacob DeGrom tells us everything we need to know about Steve Cohen, that he's not going to be intimidated. He's not going to be... Cheap if he misses out on a guy or two. Um, So I think their offseason has been spectacular. San Diego acquiring Xander Bogarts, when you look at that lineup, one through six, one through seven is as good as any lineup there is in baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I do think they're going to only be right back where they were last year making the NLCS, being able to to try to get back and make a deep run in October. And then I, I look over to the AL where it's been I guess a little bit more quiet, and I wonder what's the future for the Red Sox after losing Xander Bogarts. What do they do with Rafael Devers? They
2: don't know what the heck they're doing.
0: Um, I, I like that. I like the moves Toronto made. Chris Bassett can be a really good pitcher if he's not pitching but, in a big game.
2: And back to the National League, the, Ph- the Phillies, I mean, you think about the... the- vote of confidence they put in Dave Dombrowski to revamp that team after getting to the National League Championship. They ended up getting some big bullpen help. Uh, They get Trey Turner, which I think is uh, one of the bigger moves that I think you can look at, say, across his offseason. How about all the shortstops? I mean, you mentioned Bogarts, talked about Correa, although he's going to play third with the Mets. But but who who knew that shortstop was going to be the new glamour position in Major League Baseball? It used to be like, you know, first base, that was that position. Maybe some outfielders, too, would always get some big money. But shortstop has turned into that in vogue, big money position outside of pitcher.
0: Had I known this when I was 10, I wouldn't have ditched baseball to chase a career on the hardwood or on the gridiron. Because that was a position that I played and played very well as a as a little leaguer. How did, how did I know that you were going to make this about your church league? Dumb,
2: <laughs> dumb stuff.
0: But, um, no, I mean, it's, it, it really is impressive when you look at Turner got, was it 321? Correa got 350 and there's going to play third base. Lindor's getting 341, like just a lot of money being spent. And I, I, I love it because I, I I think I made this comment a few weeks ago and nobody – kind of gave it any thought well it's because you're on a show with two guys who hate baseball yeah the the hot stove i think is right up there in terms of as interesting as an off season as there is in pro sports
2: it was it's it was incredibly interesting when we were kids i think it's much more now because there's a lot of that infighting and i'm going to get into that with chris rose because it does seem like that there's some dissension among mlb owners about what's happening with the money thrown around this off season hornets tonight taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. This game's got a lot more intriguing with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook looking like they're going to play tonight per ESPN.com's Stephen Vetterman. We also got some good news yesterday on both Dennis Smith Jr. and Terry Rozier. DSJ still dealing with that ankle injury, hasn't played in a while, about a month. And then Terry Rogier who's been out for the last couple with a hip injury. If those two guys were good to go tonight, this is as healthy as the Hornets have been all season. They still are missing Cody Martin, but uh, I like the Hornets' chances Semi-full strength against the Laker team that just can't seem to figure out a way to, to put two guys together, especially without AD, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, no AD. And I think the biggest thing about this is we finally get to see that backcourt pairing of Dennis Smith Jr. and LaMelo Ball. What do, th- what do those two guys look like together on the court? That's something we've all been cautiously waiting for after we've seen DSJ burst onto the scene, kind of coming out of nowhere. And so I feel like the Hornets are playing better what what happened there tonight against the, against the clippers was very deflating because i thought they'd played really good in the previous games it just feels like they're still working through some things and i just don't know if there's enough time to make up all the ground that they've lost from the first month and a half of the year.
2: We're also going to have a little fun today. I want to ask you, coming up at 145, what are your most outrageous Christmas takes? Because I was called out earlier today for having an outrageous take about the movie Home Alone 2. I feel like I do this every year, by the way. I think Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1. Don't at me. I'm sorry. I just think that is the case. Uh, New York, better than Chicago. I think the pranks and capers are better in Home Alone 2 than they are in Home Alone 1. And I think, honestly... uh, uh, all that Home Alone One proved is that the parents are kind of jerks to Kevin. To Kevin, I think it's a lot easier and a lot more plausible to lose a kid in an airport versus losing a kid and not putting him uh, uh, in your car on the way to uh, to an airport for, to go to France.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's it's not a good movie to watch if you're a parent that loves their children or not. I don't think this is a bad take. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't agree with it. I've heard worse come out of you from whether it's on the movie take or oh, you know oh. on Christmas. That seem that's that seems like a pointed insult that's veiled in a compliment. <laughs> but uh I I don't think this is as egregious as some people make it out to be. The first two movies are as as well, good a Christmas movie as you're going to
2: find. I don't even recognize the other parts of that franchise. The other parts of that franchise are garbage.
0: I don't think the people that acted in them even acknowledge them as parts of the franchise, you know, no, no, to be no honest. No kidding,
2: no kidding. And and I also want to to point out, too, as well, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I don't care what you say about that. Yes. It is a very great day to be with you guys. Uh, 704-570-9610. That is the Garage Door Guru text line. But coming up next, we'll talk to Chris Rose about the baseball offseason. Did the Mets ruin it for everybody else? And are the Braves still the favorites in the NL East despite losing Dansby Swanson? Sports Radio 927 WFNZ.
1: Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a cop pipe and a button nose. Sports Radio 927
2: WFNZ. Willie P. here with you in the midday. Getting you ready for Christmas Eve tomorrow. Big football Saturday. I'm also trying to walk my buddy through uh, how to make prime. He's never done prime rib on Christmas. He's usually a turkey ham
0: guy. Are you a horseradish guy with your prime oh, rib?
2: Absolutely, he and he literally, he literally just texted me this. I'm glad you mentioned this. He he said when you when I when you said include horseradish in the recipe, did you mean the root? I said no, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't do the root. You'll be peeling that thing all damn evening if you do that. Get the prepared in the jar and mix it up with some mayo and sour cream and dill and whatnot. You got to do the horseradish though.
0: Yeah. Okay. Dan, do you cook your horseradish
2: into it or do you put it on no, top after? No. 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 That's a little. That's a. it's a side. It's a It's an accoutrement.
0: Uh, I don't know what that is. It's a side. It's a. It's a. It's a dipping sauce. There's this guy that I watch on TikTok, and he's like a professional like meat master. <laughs> And I watched him yesterday. Only, only, uh, only you would laugh. At something like that. <laughs> I watched him yesterday. You know, put together his prime rib, and I was all for. And then I saw the horseradish sauce because, as you can expect, I don't like horseradish you just put it you put it on the side you
2: don't you know the the way you cook it is actually you know with butter and herbs and whatnot we can get into that a little bit later we have our good friend chris rose on the body works plus guest line as we're talking uh baseball off season with him he is of the chris rose rotation podcast and also baseball today both with john boy media and chris joins us on wfnz chris happy holidays to you sir thank you so much for taking some time today
1: You got it, guys. How are you?
2: Not too bad. So from the Braves' perspective, losing Dansby Swanson, I think was hurtful for a lot of uh, Braves fans, but they kind of understood that the Braves had a certain limit they wanted to get to, and they didn't make it there. What does this ultimately mean for them as they frame the rest of their offseason?
1: Well, it means the most important defensive position on the field is a question mark. And, you know, we can hear all the reports of Grissom working with Ron Washington in the offseason, and really there's nobody better than Wash to work with young infielders. Um, But, you know, Dansby Swanson uh, was an ascending player, you know, not only defensively but offensively. I mean, out of those four big free agent shortstops over the last two years, he had the most home runs out of those four. Um, So, you know, he's really – become a more than just a solid baseball player, which is kind of what I thought he was a couple of years ago. So um, I think they're going to miss him. I, I really do. I think that actually he was more important to Atlanta than he was to other teams. That's the way I saw him. I didn't see him as a true building block for an organization. I saw him as an extremely good baseball player. But I saw him in Atlanta, not only because that's where he's from and everything, but he just fit perfectly in brave land so i think i think they're going to miss him a bit
2: it's interesting because I think when we saw the Sean Murphy move get made, that made a lot of Braves fans kind of, you know, raise their eyebrow because they didn't think that they felt there was a problem with uh, Darno or William Contreras, and they said that there could be still uh, moves made to try and uh, at least balance out that roster after the glut that they have at catcher now with that. But do you feel like that there is a, a Matt olson esque move out there to respond to the Swanson move, or do you just think that there's not enough out there yet for, uh, for them to add that that would make them appreciably better like they would have been with Swanson?
1: Well listen, they know their young players better than anybody else, and and hard for me to criticize the Braves when it comes to evaluating young talent, right? I mean they've given guys contracts after basically being up in the big leagues for twenty four hours, or at least that's the way it feels. So I do think that that they probably feel like they're okay with where they are. I understand the Braves fans maybe maybe not panicking, but being a little bit unsettled in part because, you know, you've got the the Phillies obviously went all the way to game six of the World Series a year ago and just added a really good player in Trey Turner. And then the Mets, well, you know, I mean, they just throw money at the problem. So, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Brave fans are probably sitting here like, okay, so, you know, we're watching our dollars and cents. Sure, we, you know, I think they probably feel like, well, we, we, Locked up so many of these young guys for what feels like, for the most part, below market value, right? I mean, Ronald Acuna, I'm just waiting for that to kind of blow up. At some point, he's going to walk into their office and be like, I'm not a $130 million ball player. I'm like $400 million. And But what it's allowed him to do is get some financial flexibility. And if you're not going to make huge moves, you're kind of sitting here scratching your head a little bit.
2: Chris Rose of the Chris Rose Rotation, also baseball today from John Boy Media, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest line here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So I saw both you and Trevor Plouffe talking about this yesterday, about uh, Steve Cohen's mad spending spree. It's almost like uh, he got made angry and turned into the Hulk and became green with envy and then used the green to basically buy up the entire rest of uh, baseball's high-priced free agents. They get Justin Verlander. They get Carlos Correa in a surprise move. Uh, But there's a lot of ownership out there, whether it's anonymously or speaking on record, that say he's, quote, ruining baseball for the rest of the owners, and even some talks about there was almost some silent collusion, if you will, when it comes to the way that that works. What do you feel about what they've done from a rest of baseball standpoint? And, of course, do you feel like they've spent wisely?
1: Well, have they spent wisely? I mean, we'll... We're not going to know, but I mean, would would I like to have Justin Verlander and Carlos Correa on the same team uh, as Frankie Lindor and make sure I bring back Brandon Nimmo and Edwin Diaz? Yes, I would like to do that. And if I were a fan of the Mets, you, you have nothing to apologize for. I mean, think about why we're criticizing Steve Cohen. We're criticizing him because he's trying to be the best. In this sport in particular, I don't know if it's going to work out. I mean, we saw the Mets lose in a home series against the Padres. We saw the Cardinals not even win a home game against the Phillies, two teams that you would say the favorites were better than uh, based on what transpired during the regular season. So this doesn't guarantee a thing. But it guarantees that you're giving yourself the best chance Right. I mean, don't we think that the Mets are better right now than they were before they had Carlos Correa? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. I would. As
2: as somebody who flies the blue and orange flag, I'm uh, I'm geeked, if you will.
1: Yeah. And you should be. And so there's 29 other ownership groups that are upset with Stephen Cohen because he's embarrassing them. Right. What's the one thing that when the players and owners have battled in recent years that you always heard the owners would never show their books? Well, now fans are going to be like, well, hold on a second here. We hear your net worth is X amount of dollars. Why aren't you spending that? I mean, it's going to force their hand to start to answer questions, not that they ever will because none of these guys ever get in front of a microphone for the most part. You know, they don't have, you know, a town hall meeting with their fan bases. And if so, I would ask, hey, Steve Cohen's spent it. And if the answer is, hey, listen, Steve Cohen's worth $17.5 billion. I'm not. That's a perfectly suitable answer. But there are some people who are certainly in between who could make drastic improvements. I'm not saying every team's franchise uh, has to spend um, payroll-wise and tax-wise half a billion dollars a year because that's a huge number. But when his tax is higher than 10 teams' payroll, there's something wrong.
2: Talking with Chris Rose from John Boy Media here on the Body Works Plus guest line on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Chris, who do you feel like of the teams that probably wasn't a contender improved their position the most as we are kind of at the midterm point of the baseball offseason?
1: I, I wouldn't go as far as non-contender to contender because I just I haven't seen that out of teams. Um you know, I thought the White Sox made a solid signing in Andrew Benintendi, but for me, a lot of their question marks have to do with the guys that are already there, Mm -hmm. and in terms of health, so you want to, you know, you look at them and you say, okay, but, you know, I I love what the Padres have done. I love it that they stepped on the accelerator, uh, and that was, you know, so to me, that was a contending team that has continued to upgrade. Um, I think the Giants have been most fascinating, where they whiffed on Judge, and then obviously had the fall out with Korea, and now they're they're buying up pieces that are have been solid, steady players, but it doesn't feel like they're maybe any better than a 500 team right now anyway. Um, you know, you could say the Rangers, you know, I'll be honest, it, it wouldn't shock me if the Rangers try to make one or two more huge moves because they do have deep pockets and, um, you know, they've already spent a half billion dollars on their infield and $200 million on a guy who only pitches half the year. So if they say, well, let's go for it, I don't know if that would be enough to get them into the wild-card chase. To me, they're too far back in Houston anyway in that division. But, you know, I kind of dig what they've done.
2: Uh, Lastly, I I know that uh, also uh, being with NFL Network, Chris, uh, you will be uh, having your eyes peeled on all the action in Week 16. I saw the video with you and D'Angelo Hall where he says he's rocking the Lions, and uh, lo and behold, the Lions are here this week to take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Is this a situation where this team is too hot, the Panthers have no chance, or do you feel like there's a resurgence coming for Carolina this weekend after what happened against Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, I was disappointed for the Panthers fans in that one, Uh, you know, you're, you're coming in and you've got a backup quarterback who hasn't been really good. And, you know, I mean, the Panthers, they still have light after what happened to the, to the bucks last week. Um, and here they are. I mean, they, they get three more wins and the Panthers are division champs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't feel great because I think Sam Darnold's going to have to make a few more plays, just a few, but, but a few, uh, and they're going to have to keep pace with the Lions. Dare I even ask? What's the weather situation down there?
2: It's only going to be cold, a little bit of wind. They say maybe ten, ten to fifteen mile an hour winds, but uh, just bitter cold outside of that. No, pre- no precip,
1: thankfully. But what's what's bitter cold there?
2: Uh, in the thirties, in the twenties. I think twenty six okay, is twenty six is the game time temperature.
1: Yeah, that's cold for down there. Mm. Really cold. Um, but as long as it's clear, then Jared Goff should be okay. And you know they have played. The thing is, that the Lions' defense stinks. It does. So if, if the Panthers can get that running game going, that was the big misstep last week. They mm-hmm. couldn't. They couldn't get out of neutral against the Steelers. And you know the Steelers' defense is significantly better in my opinion than the Lions. So I think they can keep it close, and we'll see. Maybe they get a weird turnover or something. But you know I'd like to see Carolina get in this thing. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually doing game day morning because Rich and the crew are calling the Steelers. Uh, Raiders game on our air tomorrow night, hmm. and so I get to pick games. So I'm, I think that's the one where everybody's going to be on the Lions, and I'm looking for a reason to pick the Panthers. So can you give
2: it to me? Uh, the only thing that I have that is a negative that would maybe tick you away from that is that I just don't know what the avenue is if they can't run the football. That's the only thing I will say is that it it has to be their kind of game, their kind of way, and if they lose one corner. Uh, They they don't have the requisite depth behind, you know, a guy like CJ Henderson. If he goes down like he did last week with an ankle, Uh, Keith Taylor was beaten like a a sousa drum last week by, uh, by Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson. I'm not saying that, that their receivers are what, what the Steelers are, but, but those things were eye opening and glaring. So I I don't know if that's a vote of confidence, but if the Panthers can play their game, I think they can win. It's just a matter of that's a big, big if.
1: Yeah. So I asked you for something for a reason to, to help me pick the Panthers. I know. You just gave me about five why I shouldn't.
2: I'm, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Stay away. Stay away. Stay very, very far away.
1: <laughs> I wanted to be different. I wanted to be the guy who was different. Like everybody loves the Honolulu Blue. They love Dan Campbell. You know, guys doing push up on give, the sidelines. And,
2: I'll give you a you know, reason. Sam Donald is different with a beard. He's different with a beard.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I'm growing out a beard too. So we could be beard buddies. And. I cannot believe I'm going to say I'm picking the Panthers because Sam Darnold has a beard. That's like good. That's what my analysis has come down to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and the fact that i don't think that offensive line is going to have the same kind of game they had last week i think because i think that pittsburgh's a much more physical defensive line than i think uh the detroit is detroit's more finesse they do have Aiden hudson who is is a big spark in the backfield but i i think the offensive line can't have uh a back-to-back performance uh like they had uh this past week against pittsburgh so i i, I like them better in that facet
1: it's still you're still not helping me. I know. This is not going to hold up in a court of law. I know. I'm just telling you.
2: I appreciate it. Chris Rose at the Chris Rose Rotation Baseball Today, John Boy Media, and NFL Network will be on game day morning tomorrow. Appreciate the time, Chris. Happy holidays to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Happy holidays.
2: That is Chris Rose joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest line on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So, so the reason I, I didn't have a lot of optimism for, for Chris there is that the the, la- the last thing that I want to do – is is like invite people over and then feel like I burnt the brisket. I know. I know. I went there. I mean, you're making fun of your own joke. I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying it's like that's part of the reason where it's like I I, I want to feel I want to feel the same way that I felt going into the Pittsburgh game. But knowing that the possibility of the Pittsburgh game repeating itself is very likely tomorrow has me somewhat... Triggered a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Last week triggered me in a very negative way.
0: Is burnt brisket better than dry brisket? I think it's the same. I think they're one and the same. Um, I I think the thing is, if you're a Panther fan out there and you're going into tomorrow's game, if you lose, you're not losing to a bad football team. Pittsburgh's not a good football team. And they came in here, not only did they beat you— they beat you at your own game. That was what was so frustrating to watch for for all the Panther fans out there. It's true. Was they beat you at the same game that you beat Seattle with and you beat Atlanta with and so many other teams under Steve Wilkes with. If you lose tomorrow, you're losing to a team that is, hot as, is, is as hot as any team in the NFL. And some of their losses earlier in the year weren't because of that offense. It was because, as he said, the defense stunk and they couldn't stop anybody. So I think that would be the only solace is that if you lose, at least you're losing to a team that's playing playoff-level football.
2: It is Weston Walker, Willie P. In for and for Weston Walker, both on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's time
0: for a Fitty Flash. Another team that's playing playoff-level football out of the blue has got to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They stay hot. They win at the Jets last night, nineteen to three. That was an
2: awful football game,
0: by the way. It was, dude. It was, it was so bad. But I think it was what I thought it was going to be because I do not think Zach Wilson was the problem for the Jets when they lost to Detroit on Sunday. But he, he just he just ain't it. I saw our guy he, Steve Gels on there bad. today saying, if they had competent quarterback play, this team would probably win. Have already won ten or eleven games. That's how good that defense has been, Willie. You're a Jet fan. Mm. What do you make of the current state of the Jets? Because they're seven and eight, but it feels like the chance at making the playoffs has slipped by the wayside the last month or so of the season. Oh,
2: they're done. They're absolutely done because Zach Wilson is not it. I think his Jet. I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Ryan Fitzpatrick said. He cannot start at quarterback ever again for the New York Jets. That the, bad? Because he? Have you seen him? I, I, the yeah. last the last two weeks have been absolutely abominably awful. He is not it. I don't know if he's just messed up in the head. I don't know if, if uh, going out and, and trying to be braggadocio turned himself into it, but, but he has found himself in a very bad way. Uh, I know the offensive line didn't help him last night, but man, oh man, for whatever reason, he is just throwing up YOLO balls half the time after rolling out. He, he just doesn't see defenders, doesn't see coverages. I, I don't think he's it. I think they need to retool
0: and figure out what the heck their plan is at quarterback, whether it's Mike White or going elsewhere in the offseason. Let's flip it to the other side. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lawrence is playing as good a football oh, yeah. as any quarterback in the in the NFL bet, 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 since bet.
2: Thanksgiving. Yeah, he had the best uh, – he had the stat going in. He said he had the best quarterback rating of anybody over the last, like, six or seven weeks of the season. He's, he's – Looking like the guy that we saw at Clemson and finally looking like the guy who could make that step to the next
0: level. He's the one guy that gets the rookie pass, not because of the talent around him, not because of where he played, but because of who he played for. Like, It just goes to show you, first off, how much of a disaster Urban Meyer truly was in the NFL. And also, just how good of a head coach Doug Peterson can still be in the NFL. Uh,
2: Ron the plumber says uh, burnt brisket is not bad when they are when they are actually meant to be burnt like burnt ends.
0: Oh, dude, oh, Burn I ends love good. a good burnt end. Burnt ends are good. Sometimes, like sometimes, we'll just make those instead of like all the other stuff. Like we'll just, my dad will make some burnt ends. Mm. And man, I could eat those until the end of time. Is this what today is going to be? Just you <laughs> making dad jokes?
2: This is this is this is Fiddy's aesthetic. Dad jokes, bragging about the church league, and annoying former Hall of Fame level wide receivers.
0: Wow. Yeah. Too, so- too soon? I mean, I don't think too you soon? missed on any single one of those, too but soon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ice up, son. Uh, it is
2: Weston Walker, Willie P., in for those dudes on WFNZ. We'll come back and into a campus corner. Two bowls today, and a big transfer away from North Carolina. We finally know his destination. Sports Radio 927, WFNZ. 7wfnz willie p and fitty in for wes and walker today on wfnz wfnz.com and the wfnz app garage to text line 704-570-9610 did i hear you right in the break that you said you sloven bought your uh your outfit for uh willie's wedding
0: that that is correct um what's the dress code again cocktail dress attire so as a guy w- who- w- w- wear a suit i have to wear a suit wear a suit Okay, Please. if I don't wear a suit, what is still appropriate dressing? Ad- wear a shirt and tie. Okay, if you wear a shirt and tie, you're good. So, uh, Tottenham kit, not uh, no, not not acceptable.
2: Not- we have to get into this a little bit later, though. You're 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 jumping you're jumping the script here. Okay, if we're jumping in the script because. There's apparently a uh, a burgeoning return coming, and that is Premier League Fitty, which we'll talk about coming up at one thirty.
0: So, as a guy who doesn't get dressy all that much, where would you advise me to go to get good attire to show up to your wedding looking fly? Um, Goodwill. Wow. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the, my my wallet says thank you. Uh, um, as a single guy going to a wedding where I've had permission from you to intermingle with the women. I don't know if that's gonna help me no. get very far. I mean, I I would tell you go to
2: like, you know I'm sure all the, the all these places like Men's Warehouse and Joseph A. Bank have after Christmas sales, so you probably can you can get something here. we're doing our tuxes at Joseph A. Bank, so if, if that's if that helps you.
0: All right, so I'll see what they got and see if I can bank on getting something good to wear at your wedding, which is January twenty eighth.
2: Hmm. Throwing out all the business on the air. Yeah. You're throwing out all the business on at the air at
0: three o'clock? It's all good.
2: Uh, texter goes K and G or Belk. Belk actually isn't a bad call. K, uh, that's uh, that's 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 a good
0: shout. Belk, I'm sure we'll have that for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and my my momma's mall a noted Belk shopper, so I could just maybe have her go do my shopping for me. That's true. Um. Okay. Do you do you prefer a certain color for us FNZers that are going to be in attendance to show up in? I mean, don't don't
2: wear anything. don't 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 show
0: up in the you know the dumb and dumber. <laughs> tuxes where it's
2: like orange and blue like that.
0: Okay. So like if I show up with some baby blue and uh you know, a nice tie and a sports coat, you're not gonna be upset at me. No.
2: Okay. That's good. Uh it is WFNZ. We'll do a campus corner here. We've got two bowls today. Uh the Louisiana Houston matchup and the Independence Bowl, which by the way, thank God that I never have to go to the Independence Bowl ever again. I hate that bowl. I went once And then I covered another from afar as a pre- and post-game host. And, man, you want to talk about a depressing city, Shreveport, Louisiana. I know Tim Brando is like the biggest ambassador, and he's a friend. And, you know, he loves to talk about and say Shreveport doesn't deserve all the flack that it does. As somebody who has been there uh, two or three times... That's two or three times too many. If I, have to, if I ever have to go again, it'll be too soon.
0: Also, is Houston's one of the more disappointing teams in the country this year. This team mm-hmm. entered preseason ranked top 25. They garnered the talk as the group of five school that can maybe clash the New Year's Six or maybe even the college football playoff. Dana Holgerson did not get the job done. So a fitting destination for them to go to a disappointing city for a disappointing football team.
2: Meanwhile in Tampa, the Gasparilla Bowl, which I found out, uh, Gasparilla is actually like a cultural party of some sort. So it happens in the uh, in the Gulf Coast, Florida area. What? Why? Why, why are you looking at the? Uh, why are you looking at me like that? That's
0: what that is.
2: Yes, it's like a thing. It's 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 a celebration. I thought it was like a. It's a Gasparilla Pirate Festival, a host of related community events held in Tampa, Florida, almost every year since 1904.
0: I thought it was like some Western outdoor, like clothing equipment type of no place. No. I didn't realize that this was something so that was paying tribute to the late great Mike Leach. No, no,
2: it's a, it's a pirate, it's a pirate thing, and uh, it's part of the reason why the Buccaneers are named the Buccaneers. It's a, it's actually a cultural thing to their uh, to their heritage and history. But uh, in terms of on the field. Mizzou and Wake Forest both have some defections due to uh, players leaving early. Although Sam Hardman is going to play tonight, is he for Wake Forest? At least according to all the reports, are it'll be his last game as a Demon Deacon. Uh, Mizzou will have its quarterback Brady Cook there and a couple of its wide receivers uh, that didn't play, including Dominic Lovett, who transferred to Georgia. Uh, I don't have a lot of expectations for this. I'm just going to watch it and uh, and hope to goodness gracious that they don't embarrass themselves because that's sometimes usually what happens with them in bowl games. Uh, former North Carolina five-star corner Tony Grimes is and has announced his next destination. He is going to Texas A&M, so he'll get some oil money now, uh, Finney.
0: That that one literally makes absolutely no sense. This guy failed upward. He's going to a better program. He's going to go to a program with better he, NIL opportunities. Is is he though? Based on what A and M has done? Yes. I mean, look. I know this year wasn't the way that everyone thought it was going to go for Jimbo Fisher, especially Desmond Howard, who picked them to make the the college football playoff. They're going to bounce back though. Like Jimbo Fisher is still too good of a coach. There's still just too much talent there. Uh, so this one really surprised me. There was a lot of smoke of him going uh, back to Virginia to play for Virginia Tech. Um, and he winds up going to College Station. So it's it's, it's definitely weird scene where all these guys end up. Because some guys leave for better situations. That's what Tony Grimes is going into. Some guys leave for worse situations. Uh, but when I saw he was going to College Station, that one did make me say, oh, wow. And I wanted to ask you, because hmm. you didn't ask my opinion about the Gasparilla Bowl. Huh. What, what does a bowl win mean for uh, Drinkwitz in Missouri? Considering the the state of the the east part of the SEC, where Georgia back in the playoff, Tennessee's in a New Year's Six bowl game. What does the bowl game do momentum-wise for for that Mizzou program? I mean, if they can get Brady Cook back
2: another year and and turn him back into that guy that he was the last six, seven weeks of the season, I think it's a nice momentum uh, boost going into the offseason. They didn't have a very good national signing day yesterday. They're 36th in recruiting, so I think they need any little help that they can get. They did lose a big wide receiver. They gained Luther Burden back. And they also uh, gained back Ennis Rakestraw, who's one of the big corners. They are going to lose another couple of players uh, to the transfer portal and to graduation. But it, it would mean a lot for them because I think under Eli, they just need every little incremental step up. I think the way they finished the season was very good, but their season was defined by a lot of close calls and uh, games that could have gone their way against big-time teams and others that were uh, maybe supposed big-time, like Auburn. But... Uh, they will look back on some of those and, and have some regrets about the way they played earlier on in the season because they were so close to things like upsets of Georgia, et cetera, and so on.
0: I feel like that that arms race for third in the East is going to be a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. between uh, Missouri, South Carolina... And Florida. Right. And I'm not and I'm not saying this and taking a dig, because with that expanded playoff... Oh, yeah, it turns into something. You just never know what third place in the SEC East is going to get you, so... Well, that, that in the West did not
2: look like the juggernaut that it, it used to be this year. It seems like a lot of that balance of power has switched back East. I saw this story last night. Uh, college football's most valuable programs. The top 25 estimated annual value according to GO Banking Rates. If you have a guess of what number one is... Texas? Oklahoma, actually. Really? 101 million for this estimated annual value. Texas is second. Georgia, third. Notre Dame, fourth. Michigan, fifth. Where's Bama? Bama is sixth at 61 million. All right, what about the Ohio State? Seventh? Ohio State is 22, $43 million. Are you serious? You know who's in the top 25 that uh, surprises me? South Carolina is 21 at 43. North Carolina is also 24th, so kind of very much in that same that same uh, wavelength, the Clemson is also right around there at 23rd at $43 million as well.
0: What do they base this value off of? Because it obviously doesn't have anything to do with championships because Ohio State would be a heck of a lot higher than 22nd, I think, 23rd. I think it, it
2: takes into account the marketability, uh, things like NIL and, and, and earning capability in terms of those type of things. So it's, it's, it's one of those... One of those their subjective type things.
0: That's, that's, that, that's a really interesting It also study. goes
2: into what they brought in year over year in the, uh, in the calendar year.
0: You would think that Ohio State and Clemson would be higher up on that list considering their perennial New Year's Six cultural playoff programs, but I guess not. Who knows? Who
2: knows? Uh, also, Jaden Daniels is returning. We're talking about the balance of power between the SEC West and SEC East. Jaden Daniels returns to LSU. Uh, I think with the stacked quarterback class that you have this year, he was very much going to get lost in the shuffle. He might try to tr- turn that into something in the next year a la joe burrow
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what that does for preseason expectations for lsu if they win their bowl game that's still a 10-win season and brian kelly's first year on the job down there in baton rouge without any of his guys you get him back his first full recruiting class some other transfers lsu can once again be a factor in that sec west that is the Campus
2: Corner on the Weston Walker Show. Willie and Fitty in for those dudes. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Back to the Panthers. Is this the biggest challenge for the Carolina Panthers defense that they've had since this resurgence under Steve Wilkes? That comes your way next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs>